Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Service and Practice. It's your host, Karen. And today we have an episode on mission service, and it's called Pack Your Bags When You're Called to Serve Outside Your Zip Code. And our guest is Monica Yusuf, who I actually know from Serve to Learn, the Coptic Orphans mission trip that happens twice a year. And Monica attends the Church of Archangel Michael in Orange County in California, and she works as a corporate attorney. Hey, Monica, how are you? Hey, Karen, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. Although Monica is from California, I met her during the Serve to Learn trip actually earlier this year when I went to Egypt. And that's really what brought me to invite Monica onto the podcast because we had some really great discussions while we were over in Egypt. And uh, even after coming back, I stayed in touch with her as well as some of the other people on the trip. So we're going to talk a little bit about her experience on this trip and also some of her other experiences in service today. So I remember, Monica, you went on a sabbatical, which uh, the, the Coptic Orphan Serve to Learn trip was just part of, but you had been in Egypt for a few months before that. So can you tell us a little bit about why you want to take a sabbatical? So for me, I had really wanted to go on Surf to Learn, specifically with Coptic Orphans, for a long time. Things get really busy. I've worked every summer um, in college and law school, and uh, so really didn't get a chance. And then I had been working as a corporate attorney at a, a law firm in Orange County for seven years and just came to a point where I just knew that I, I needed to do this and I wanted to do this and I needed to kind of take a more active role in, in my service. Um, I had been teaching Sunday school and kind of involved in our Sunday school program since I was 18 years old. Um, so for a very long time, but had really wanted to get back to service as something more active, not just preparing a lesson, teaching a class every Sunday and moving on. I really wanted more with my hands and, and more with children and so I decided to take a sabbatical from work, and I didn't think it was going to work. <laughs> um, I'm the first person at my law firm to ask for one and to have one granted by completely by the grace of God. Um, and I was very honest with them. I said, I want to go to Egypt, and I want to do this trip, and I want to do Coptic Orphans, and this is, this is my plan. Um, and completely by the grace of God, those doors opened, and they allowed me to go do it. And, and it was absolutely life-changing. Yeah, I'm really blown away by how everything just worked out. Some would say it was, you know, just perfect timing. And I think that it was God's hand was in it and blessing the decision that you made. Even the fact that we were able to go on this trip and come back right before the pandemic started really like kind of taking off. And I think that it was a decision, you know, that you didn't make easily. I'm sure, you know, working for seven years and then kind of taking a pause for a few months, like, you know, that that's a big deal. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I felt God's hand through the whole process just with how easily things happened, um, even though I was incredibly nervous uh, at my job to ask for this. And I didn't think it was going to happen. And also just nervous about going to Egypt. And I hadn't been there in 10 years. Um, and doing service there, was I up to it? You know, just all of these, you know, doubts and fears that kind of come up. Um, and then just kind of felt throughout the whole thing that um, God's hand was definitely in it, thankfully. And, and, and I felt you know, a lot of grace that I was able to do this. Um, and I felt that throughout the trip. I felt that throughout my whole time in Egypt. And then coming back, it was right before COVID <laughs> um, and right before shutdown. And so I just felt like very, very blessed and lucky that it happened the way it did. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, thank God for the opportunity. And I mean, I was also fortunate enough to go on the same, uh, you know, three week long service trip with Search to Learn as Monica. And um, I'll admit that, you know, like you said, it was a little nerve wracking going to Egypt. And I was a little bit scared, you know, I kind of in the in the beginning, even when I was considering this trip, like wondering if if I, this was like, if I should do it, and if it was the right time. And, um, you know, taking that leap of faith was not easy. I want to know also how it felt for you going on a mission trip. Like, was it your first time? And how did you really feel? Yeah, it was definitely my first time doing any sort of extended abroad mission trip. Um, you know, we uh, in Southern California are really blessed to be able to, to go down to Mexico um, every now and then with um, a couple of churches who do a kind of a missions day trip to orphanages in Mexico. And so I was able to do that and, and really love that. But I've never been on an extended mission trip. Um, and I will say, Karen, one thing that is also really cool that I only realized in hindsight is because of COVID, Coptic orphans had to cancel their June and July trip. Um, and so, again, I just felt like, wow, if I hadn't gone this year, this summer, who knows when else I would have been able to go on this trip. So just wanted to mention that. But, um, yeah, it was definitely my first time doing anything of this caliber. <laughs> so um, it took a lot of thinking and a lot of talking to people I who know me really well and who I respect their opinions to say, this is what I'm thinking about doing in terms of, you know, taking a break from work and doing kind of this crazy thing. and what do you think? And that, you know, involved my father in confession that involved um, some mentors I have and a close group of friends who know me really well. So it kind of takes a village to make a decision that big. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I think that you going to others and getting that advice um, to really just check you, you were thinking was a good idea. Um, You know, that's, that's a really good pathway if someone's kind of considering if they should go on a mission trip or even take any big leap or make a big decision like that. And then also going hand in hand with praying about it. So something that I also, you know, found with my experiences, you know, I needed to pray about it, not just pray about the decision, but pray about coming back from the trip, having learned and having taken away stuff because I think it's so easy to get this high after coming back from a trip and you'll be energized and zealous and excited right? But you don't want that fire to burn out. And that's something that I was thinking about and kind of kept in the back of my mind beforehand. And even when I got there, so you want to really make sure that you, that going on this trip is not just a fun experience where you're going to be bringing back only photos, but you actually can bring back something sustainable and impactful to our service. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. Um, I'll I'll start by saying that it's, talking to people and being in the right headspace and the right prayer space before embarking on this is really important because you don't want to be running away from something, right? And that was really important to me. I didn't want to feel like uh, I was depleted, you know, with work and service here. And so I was going to get a fill somewhere else. I really wanted to be able to give um, and, and give my whole self to, to service for a few months. Um, and that's really kind of what I learned while I was there and what I was able to bring back. Um, my idea of service changed a little bit. We focus so much um, about Sunday school and about hymn class and about spiritual competition and all the things that, you know, all of us serve in and, and are participate in. Um, and we think that makes the big difference. And those things are very, very important, right? I'm, I'm not downplaying any of those things. But what it really comes down to is being present for people. Um, and that's kind of what this Egypt trip taught me. Um, you know, it wasn't so much what we were teaching the kids in 
um, the classrooms in Coptic orphans or in the other orphanage I was able to serve in. Um, it wasn't that we were teaching them English or the letters of the alphabet or fruits and vegetables, right? They may remember that stuff. They may not. But what I think they will remember is our love and our presence with them and that we really, really cared about them. I mean, one of the things I'm sure you heard when you were in your classrooms with Coptic orphans is the education system in Egypt is sometimes so terrible <laughs> that children don't feel support and love in a classroom, um, not in Sunday school classrooms, in just their normal education. And so the kids would often tell us, like, we've never had anyone teach us without yelling at us, um, to the point that some even get hit in, in public education. And so the only impact I think we made, which is in hindsight is a really big impact and what we're all called to do, is just we made them feel loved. Um, and so coming back, I really wanted more of my service here to be more like that, uh, not so much to focus on my research before a Sunday school lesson or what books I was reading or my resources. Again, all of those things are incredibly important, but more focused on am I listening to this kid in front of me and what they're going through and what they're thinking and what they're struggling with? And can I put myself in that situation? Do I remember what it feels like to be in college and to be having these emotions and these thoughts and maybe these doubts? Uh, and being able to be at a place of openness and honesty that they can come share those things with me. Um, I will say, though, that coming back and having a shutdown and not being able to go to church and not being able to serve Sunday school, again, was really crazy. <laughs> not what I had planned. Um, and so it, it became more about one-on-one, -on -one, giving the kids calls, checking in on them. And again, not at all what we have sort of put in a box of service of Sunday school and teaching and all of these other things. It's, can I be present with this person? And can I really see them as someone that God loves so, so much? And I'm just here to show them how much God loves them. Yeah, that's really interesting that, you know, one of your takeaways is just being present. Because I think when we were over there, you had to be present. You had to be always yep. on, except for, you know, when you went to sleep at night, because, you know, th there was just so much going on, you know, whether you were teaching in a classroom or going on a visitation or even with some of the other volunteers, just uh, preparing a meal or doing anything, right? You're always with other people. And that was something that I found, you know, I was like, wow, like I'm literally with other people 24-7 for, you know, these three weeks. And I wasn't, I guess I wasn't really used to that, but it was definitely a blessing to be with, you know, an amazing group of servants, uh, other volunteers from around the world, and then also being with the kids and some of the local uh, Coptic orphans reps there as well. Yeah, and it's something that we can definitely learn from the church in Egypt, you know, from our home church is um, in America, especially we are so individual right? Like we all have our different lives. We all, you know, do our own thing. Um, Egypt is much more fluid in terms of their relationships and, and people are really involved in each other's lives, right? And, and care for each other. Um, and, and there's just a really huge community. And so, um, you know, being able to not be so individualistic <laughs> um, and, and, and be present for people and be there for people and have a sense of community, not just on Sunday and not just uh, one hour after liturgy for Sunday school, um, but really be part of people's lives. But I think we take the other extreme of just being so focused on ourselves and, and, and our careers and our lives and our families and all these other things that we forget um, that the church is our family and, and, and even our local communities are family. I can definitely speak to the idea of community that uh, you mentioned over in Egypt. Um, one of the 
interesting and kind of crazy but beautiful experiences I had is when um, my group got to our site where we were serving, um, you know, we were staying at a monastery, um, but the place where we were sleeping was a building um, a little bit away from the monastery. And when we got there, um, some of the Coptic families that were living nearby saw, you know, this van and some foreigners coming. And, you know, instead of just kind of like looking at us, they were they rushed to help they they started taking our suitcases and kind of helping us unload the unload the van and put the bags inside and it was kind of just you know all happening so fast and i was like wow like these people don't even know who we are they probably don't know why we're here but you know they saw that we're not from here and you know we need help and they just rushed to help out and it was one of the things like i said happened so fast but thinking about it after and kind of just replaying that scene of the first day in my head over and over, you know, they were so full of love and welcoming us into their village, you know, without even knowing who we were. So aside from making the effort to be present and engage in that community, how else can we make sure that while going on a mission trip, we will benefit? It's a really good question. I think before the mission trip, um, a lot of time to to get to know yourself um, and, and a lot of time in kind of solitude and prayer is really, really important. Um, so before I actually did either of the kind of service trips I did in Egypt, I spent some time in Anafora, which is a, a retreat center that I highly, highly recommend with Mbatomes in, in Cairo. And it's literally like this just oasis right outside of Cairo, about an hour outside of Cairo that you walk in and, and you're like, I am not in Cairo anymore. <laughs> like I am in a piece of heaven. <laughs> and there I just really wanted to quiet my mind um, and and prepare kind of my heart and my mind to to be really busy for the next few weeks doing service, right? Because um, I think we have this idea, or at least I had this idea when I was going that I was going to be able to wake up early every day and do my quiet time. And, you know, then I'm going to journal at night after the day, after my service day and like write all my thoughts and journal and spend some more time, you know, and and quiet. Um, and as you know, Karen, like that does not happen, right? Like the, the day is super hectic. Um, you're with the kids all day. You're completely exhausted. Like I, in a different kind of exhaustion than I'd ever experienced before. Um, and so you don't get that time, right? You're, you're really just reacting <laughs> most of the day as much as possible. Um, and so I think preparing beforehand and, and knowing yourself really well and what you can handle and are you are you okay with being uncomfortable and realizing that a lot of the trip is going to be uncomfortable, um, especially for people coming, you know, from the U.S. or Canada or Australia, where we're just used to things a certain way, right? Um, we're used to a certain level of organization. We're used to a certain level of cleanliness, and you know, and and a lot of the trip, I was just uncomfortable, <laughs> um, and I and I beforehand had to remind myself, like. The part of the reason for this trip is so that you can stretch yourself and grow. Um, and so doing kind of all that preparation beforehand, I think, really helped. Um, and then afterwards, being able to, you know, after the hecticness and the service is done, being able to take some time to reflect and say, like, these are the things I learned. This is where God's hand, I think, was. I, again, like, I think, right? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but here's where I felt really blessed or I felt a lot of grace. Um, and kind of reflect on that and reflect on the lessons and um, and see how being uncomfortable um, was a blessing <laughs> and really taught me a lot. 
I can definitely attest to the novelty, a lot of novelty <laughs> that, um, you know, I experienced. And, and I think coming in with an open mind and being flexible and knowing that things are not going to be exactly the same as what we have at home, um, it helped. And, you know, I, I knew this going in and it was reinforced every day with the little yeah. things that happened. Sometimes they were, you know, funny. And, and sometimes there, it was really, you know, I was really touched by the faith and the the courage that some of the people we served had. Again, that is a lesson. And I, I felt like I was being served when I saw their faith and their love, despite their difficult circumstances. So really, you know, that when I say novelty, I don't just say that and, and laugh, but I think that there was so much, so many different lessons that I, I took and I still reflect on. Absolutely. 100%. Totally agree. And I also like what you said about, um, you know, needing to make a little bit of time and, you know, push yourself to have the time to reflect. And I can also say, you know, with my group trying to do like a debrief, you know, every day, and maybe it wasn't something so formal, but we were just like in the in the van on the way back from somewhere, we would kind of just talk about like, oh, wow, this went really well, or like, we could have done this better, you know, and I think that was helpful, because, um, you know, we could bounce ideas off each other. And it was really like this beautiful fellowship that the, the three other people I had in my group that we formed. And by the end of three weeks, it was like hard to say goodbye. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that makes the Surf to Learn trip so special. Um, I think serving with other Coptic Christians from around the world um, to a group of Coptic Christians in Egypt, it like sends chills, you know, to my body, even saying it. It's, it's so special because you realize how much we have in common um, and how united we are in the body of Christ, um, even across continents and time zones and cultures, is that as soon as we're all together, it, it's like this kind of magical, sacred, like we belong to one body and we're serving this body together. And, and we kind of have an understanding of each other already and pray together in our same language. You know, like even though, you know, my partner um, with Surf to Learn, uh, Baruch is actually Australian of Ethiopian background and doesn't speak any Arabic. Um but like, it was amazing to see him in the classroom with the kids, you know, like he was able to communicate and show them love and play with them, even though they did not speak the same language, <laughs> you know, like, but they communicated, right. And, um, and they prayed together and, and it was just really awesome. Like that's, I think one of the things that makes Surf to Learn really special is you are serving with other Coptic Christians, um, and you just feel like you are part of a bigger body of Christ um, um, all over the world that is united um, much more than you do when maybe we're siloed in our different churches again and, and being really individualistic. So um, really, really lucky to have had that. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm so thankful that I got to go on this trip and, you know, thinking back about how I said I was hesitant, bef you know, before when I was still considering the trip and kind of was back and forth. And there were like moments where it was like, you know, I had already booked, but I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, like, am I really doing this? You know, and I'm, I'm glad that I pushed myself. And I want to ask, what advice would you give to someone who might be on the fence or might be feeling kind of scared? Um, well, we mentioned it before, but I think really knowing yourself. Um, is really important. So it's okay if mission trip is not your thing, right? There's a million other ways to serve. Um, 
but really knowing how far you want to stretch yourself, how willing you are to be uncomfortable, how flexible you are as a person, all those are really important. Um, seeking the advice of people that know you. So maybe we have a kind of a distorted vision of ourselves always. <laughs> um, so seeking advice of your spiritual father um, and some close mentors or friends who can check your thinking and say, I don't know, this seems this seems a little too much outside your box, right? Or maybe this isn't the time in your life, or maybe it seems like you're running away from something instead of wanting to actually serve. And then obviously like logically and logistically, right? Like you have to sit down and, and, and do the math um, on this, you know, ex how much is this going to cost expense wise? Do I have the time off from school or work? Are my parents okay with this? You know, like things that are also, you need to have some logistical planning. And, and I will say that sometimes there are roadblocks and sometimes that's God's way of saying like, not yet, you know, like maybe sometime late. And then that's how I felt for a very long time is I really wanted to do this, but it was a not yet. This isn't the right time yet. Thank you for that solid advice. Um, I think, you know, something else also to keep in mind that we, we were talking about before is that, you know, in terms of getting started, if, if you really have a passion for mission service, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Egypt or even any other country. Um, I think, you know, we were talking about, you know, you can start even more locally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, there are so many opportunities. I think sometimes we forget that we are called to our local community um, and not just to Egypt or Kenya or Mexico or, or whatever, but there are soup kitchens that would love our help. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be quote unquote big and grand um, at all. <laughs> um, so I would definitely start there. And, and that will tell you a little bit about yourself too, is how, how much are you willing to be flexible and uncomfortable in just your local surroundings before taking a, the plunge in something much deeper. The fact that you, you say push yourself and go outside of your comfort zone. That's so key. And it's, you know, not just permission service, but it's really for any service. So thank you for your insight. And thank you, Monica, for being here today. It was really great to talk to, with you again and to hear your perspective about mission service. Thanks, Karen. It was my pleasure. And I hope um, it encourages people to look up Serve to Learn, look up Coptic Orphans or just any other kind of organization they feel a passion for and, and see how they can participate and help. Yeah, for sure. Well, now we're up to uh, rapid fire questions, part of the episode. So are you ready for it, Monica? <laughs> sure, I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. So first up, can you tell us a funny story that happened in your experience as a servant? <laughs> sure. So I, some people probably heard me tell this story in Coptic Orphans already, but it's literally one of my favorite stories. So we play a lot of games with the kids and a lot of the games are um, to teach them English and to teach them, you know, fruits and vegetables and things like that. But um, we had one kid who was just amazing. His name was Shenouda, a little bit of a troublemaker, um, <laughs> definitely rambunctious, gave us um, a lot of hard times, but also really awesome times. Um, and when we would be playing games, he would uh, like in the middle of the game, he would just yell out to Pope Krolos to help him. Like he would, he would just be like, Baba Krolos, side me, Baba Krolos, um, which is like Pope Krolos, like, please help me, Pope Krolos. Like, I want to win, Pope Krolos. And he would just literally have a conversation with Pope Krolos during these games. And whether he won or lost, he would like go back to Pope Krolos. This is all out loud, all in the middle of class. and just be like, either like, thank you, Pope Krolos, like, and accept you, Baba Krolos, or um, like Maragaya, Baba Krolos, or Maragaya. Um, and it was hilarious, okay? But it was also so enlightening as to how these kids 
have such a relationship with the saints that are is just unreal like it it is really out like otherworldly um <laughs> it is really a piece of heaven um so Shenouda and and asking Pope Carlos for help even in the like the fruits game um just taught me so much and always always made us like laugh hysterically so I will always remember that yeah that's really funny and really adorable <laughs> um and it it does speak to the relationship that the kids and not just the kids, but that their parents have with the saints, you know, that in Egypt, they were, they felt so close to the saints. And I heard countless stories of, you know, miracles or just dialogues of the saints. And it's really incredible because back home, you know, that's very rare that we would hear something like that. Yeah, for sure. So question number two, can you recommend a book about service to our listeners? Okay, I may have a few, um, but I'll start by saying that when I turned 18 and was asked to start serving, um, my dad gave me Abuna Metan Miskin's Orthodox Prayer Life and said, I'm not allowed to be a servant until I read this book. And I'm 34 years old and I have yet to finish that book. <laughs> and I love to read. Um, and I love to read and I am a pretty quick reader. So all that to say is that is a tough book. It is it is great and Abuna Metan's Miskin is great, but it is a tough one. So I have yet to like actually read the book my dad gave me for service fully. I think one of my biggest lessons for service that I keep learning, both in my personal life and when I serve, um, is something actually from Father Henry Nguyen, who's a Catholic priest. And Father Nguyen really focuses on, in a lot of his books, especially The Return of the Prodigal Son, his main focus is how like our lives change and we are transformed when we realize how beloved we are. Um, of God, that we are the beloved of God, that we are his sons and daughters. And when we realize that truth um, and we start to live according to that truth, our entire life changes. Um, and he does, he, in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, and also in his book, um, Life of the Beloved, he talks a lot about this. And he goes from like, okay, we are the beloved to, well, our role in life, once we realize that I individually is I am the beloved of God, is that every single person is also the beloved of God. And that our duty is really to show God's love um, to every single person. And I think that's the key to service. Yeah, those are, you know, really great recommendations. I will say that, you know, for <laughs> for a lawyer, I'm sure you have to do a lot of reading. So it's great that you make the time to continue reading in, in your personal and spiritual life as well. On a similar note, you know, from reading, what is your favorite quote or verse about service? Isaiah 41, 13, which is, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand, saying unto you, Fear not, I am with you. Um, I think that one has really helped me just with everything, but also with service, because when we talk about kind of the doubts and the fears and am I able to do this, that one was a really big one for me. It's very beautiful. Lastly, if you can give one bit of advice to the listeners, what would that be? I would say cultivate some solitude into every single day. Um, some just quiet time to quiet your thoughts, quiet your mind, quiet your heart. We live in such turbulent times, such noisy times, and we're constantly listening to noise. Whether I'm a huge person who reads the news constantly, so that's a huge bit of noise in my life. Um, obviously, our careers are big noises. There's a lot going on in our head. Um, you know, add on to that social media, there's so much of other people's thoughts and ideas that we are inundated with every single day. And I really, really believe that, you know, God is in us, the kingdom of heaven is within each of us. Um, and we need to just get 
uh, five, 10 minutes every single day, turn it all off, <laughs> turn it all off so that we can hear God speak and we can hear, you know, our internal wisdom, um, which is really the Holy Spirit within us, uh, guide us, guide us to make decisions about service, guide us to make decisions about career. Um, so I, that would be my biggest bit of advice. I think it, it helps when before going on a mission trip, but just in general and in, in everyday life. Yeah. The desert fathers speak about retreating into the inner wilderness. Um, you know, sometimes the, the physical wilderness actually for them, but you know, for us in, in today's world, that inner wilderness or inner room. So thank you for that advice. And thank you again for being here on the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And for your really insightful questions. And um, it's so great to just talk to you again about what an awesome trip we had. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it was awesome. And, and again, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast. And thank you to all your listeners for continuing to listen and support. As you know, Service and Practice has an Instagram page and a Facebook page. So please follow and share and feel free to reach out with any suggestions or topics you'd like to hear. Thank you.